Hello and welcome to another edition of the End Zone Podcast. My name is Eric Jensen and I am joined today by, I gotta turn off my noise canceling really quick, uh, by three great friends. And uh, let me tell you what, they they are the three great friends that join me the most in the most consistent order is Bradford all the way from Canada, which is on fire right now. Uh, whose smoke is penetrating into uh, Mason's airspace up in Buffalo, and joining us, just sitting comfy from across the Atlantic uh, Pacific Ocean, is uh, is YB, all the way from South Korea. Boys, welcome. Uh, I I think I mentioned this on the podcast a little while back. We're trying to get YB more involved. We're trying to make this be like a foursome that sticks. I know that we all have busy schedules. Mason is starting a business. Bradford is doing random weird stuff. But I'm hoping between the three of you. Getting people here, fired. From from here till the end of uh, next draft season. I've got at least one person to do one or two podcasts with a week. We're moving back to one podcast episode a week. You'll notice the last two weeks we've had podcast episodes up, but now for real season starts, we'll have this this week. I believe I'm going to try to get uh, one of our friends from the Saints Twitter podcast on at some point before July 4th. And then that week of July 4th, man, oh man, I think we're going to start division previews. We'll work through I haven't looked at the calendar, but I think it should work out that if we start division previews on that week of July 4th, so that first full week of July, one, two, three, four, five, well, hold on, sorry, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, we should wrap up, eight should come right at the end of August, which will leave us right where we need to be for uh good old-fashioned week one showing up we have an nfl schedule now it's been a while we're gonna address a lot we are going to i'm sure have nonsense i want to see what you guys are watching i want to take a quick pop culture break because i find the only time i watch television is between the months of like june and july that's the only time I watch TV shows. So I'm curious what you guys are watching while there's no football or any other real big sports on right now, unless you're one of those people who's afflicted with caring about baseball. I mean, I mean, God help your soul. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on some news. I meant today, we're going to kind of do some roster overviews. We're going to talk about the five best and worst teams in the NFL and uh, I think that that's it's a nice exercise because it'll cover a large swath right before we get into division previews where we'll go more in depth on every team and how we feel about them individually. But here we'll take up the very best of the best, the very worst of the worst. We'll talk about them a little bit. We'll have some healthy debate, hopefully. And uh, and yeah, and we can we may have to scrap some stuff. I don't want this to go forever. Uh, I, I know we all have stuff to do. I, I think the news segment should go pretty quick. I just want to mention some mid-June storylines, which there aren't a ton of, and uh, just kind of get uh, some quick thoughts. Maybe I'll just pick from each of you. I'll pick um, I'll pick 
one person to address each uh, each headline. But first off, I will start by just throwing this out to, to the group and start with our esteemed guest from South Korea. YB, how's it going, my man? Going well. I mean, I was in the I was in the U.S. for the first time in a year earlier this month, and uh, it was good to be back in the states for a while. And and I got to I got to experience all the stuff that I had missed for a while, including root beer, which is which is great. And <laughs> Mason's Mason's expression is uh, really showing me a lot here. And also <laughs> one other, and also one other thing, inflation has really hit the states hard, hasn't it? And yeah, when a cab when a uh, cab yeah, coming in from JFK to Manhattan costs over a hundred dollars, like I'm, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, like, what the hell has happened here, brother? And I we, uh, had we live we live in a hellscape. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't, but, I don't yeah, think but, this is the place to get into it, but I prefer calling it price gouging. But let's let's we can yeah, move on that's, from there. That's, thank you, Max. Thank you. This is what I'm saying. People like to say like. Oh, you know what, Brett? You know what? Since you're willing to, to back me up on this, I was ready to come into this contentious as fuck with you because of this smoke thing. But you know what? We're back on the same page again. We're 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 something that has haunted me for a long time is just I, I just have so many good opinions. And specifically on the price. Like, <laughs> Not that one, I'll tell you that much. People so like like, you know what my problem is? I'm too amazing and people don't know it enough. Think about the corporate profits. Like, dude, you don't need that kind of money. Like, I should, I should be able okay, to... This, this is not the podcast for this, Bradford. We can't what, do this. What, what happened, YB, is that, yes, inflation did exist for like a little bit, but then pe- companies started realizing, oh, they will pay for the inflated prices. Okay, and if we keep it there... They literally can't do anything about it. So that, that, that's where it We need to, we need to backtrack a little bit. What do you drink there, YB, if you don't have root beer? Like, what's your, like I'm not a big pop guy myself. But Wait, like, they, they don't have root beer in like, South Korea? I thought root uh, they beer have, was they a have cool. import, They have imported root beer, which obviously is, it tastes a little different. It's been localized for our for our uh, different palates. But they have most everything here. But well, though one of the rare, rare things that isn't here is root beer. And also one other thing, like, I like, Going, going across the U.S., like, you know, there are some things that I kind of hold personally sacred. And then I walked into whatever the, like, I forget what it's, I walk into Walgreens and I go to the drink section. Arizona iced tea costs more than a dollar now. It's nothing sacred anymore. It's nothing uh, sacred. I mean, it is. There it are is, too uh, many places doing that. And I literally have yelled at people for this in public areas. It's unhealthy how attached I am to the fact that Arizona teas are supposed to be a freaking dollar. 99 they cents, are, 99 they cents. Are, they yeah. are, it is It is a shame. I mean, Arnold Palmer has long been one of my favorite drinks, if not my go-to summertime drink. I haven't bought as much of it this year because they're charging $1.29 these days. It's absolutely, it, it, it's, it's absolutely, nope, it's, can't uh, do it. it is we absolutely just, ridiculous. We just have to do like a spinoff, the end times podcast. It's like a spinoff of end. So are you, are you sure that, are you sure that this isn't the end time podcast? Uh, well, I mean, we're already there. Let's just record this now and we can get to the end zone podcast another time. I would Fair love point. for this to be the end times podcast, but every time I start talking about something interesting, Eric cuts it off or deletes it out of the show <laughs> or mutes me. So I mean, well, but most of the time, it's to protect you, Bradford, from for yourself. What? Protect me from what? The Mormons? A Mormon. No, 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 no. We cannot go down this road. We exactly. cannot no. go down this road. Thank you, Mason, for being the adult in the room. I really do appreciate you. Um, all right, boys, let's just do it. Let's talk about something that's not football related. What What have you been watching? Is this 
first of all, we can totally scrap this. But I do feel like when once uh, once the NBA and NHL finals shut down, I stop watching sports. Like I'm not watching baseball. I'm sorry. I'm not doing that shit. Like 178 games. Like I don't. I don't need that in my life. Like the Reds, they're back. Like they're playing well. Like I. I. I am a, a closet Reds fan, and I follow the box scores and I read everything. But I can't sit down and watch a two and a half hour game of baseball. I don't even care if there's a pitch clock. I can't. I can't do it. I just. I. I just can't. So I watch, you know, what people, what normal people do and watch all these shows on streaming services and such. And uh, I was just hoping we could go around the horn a few times in draft style and uh, pick three things we've been binge watching or planning to binge watch or or would just like to generally recommend television show wise. Is this a terrible idea? I will throw that out to the panel right now. I also think it might be interesting because we have, of course, international perspective here. I want to know what these degenerates watch. Hmm? The degenerates? I want to know what these two degenerates watch. Actually, you too, Eric. I want to know what you watch too. So, no, I'm in on this. Wait, how is Eric not a degenerate? Uh, I I don't know. A little bit. I try to hide. He's hosting the podcast. I'm trying to be nice right now. I'm not going to get invited back again. Yeah, I try. I, I try to. I try I to keep that, it all but... together. Okay, well, I do too. I've heard what Bradford said about him, and he gets to keep coming back. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go, I'll go first. No, I... you don't get to go first, I'll... Bradford. No, you didn't list, look Bradford. at the show rundown. I wrote it all out. I'm gonna keep I'm track of these. I'm, I'm part of the show. You here? Oh here, here is the order of the draft. It and it's snakes. Eric, Mason, Brad, oh, YB, okay. and Matt well, Order. Well, why do you get to go first? Because I get to go first. I would like to watch the lottery process for drafting this. I don't you think there is a lottery first. process. There's this is a cold envelope process. situation. This is my name. This is uh, this is Eric Rules. There, hard and fast. All right, I'll start. Uh, give me yellow. Give me Yellowstone. Oh bad my pick. God! Bad pick. Reach. But... Yellowstone. <laughs> oh God! I just got through. On uh, I just got through on YouTube TV the first half of season five. This has been something I've been working on for months. Oh my god, I love Yellowstone. Imagine if an HBO show was put in the middle of like middle of like nowhere Montana with cowboys and like land developers, and there's like some commentary on like how we've totally like screwed over indigenous peoples in this country. I just think it's a really great show, really great characters. Who doesn't love Kevin Costner? Uh, I, I've been watching Yellowstone. The ringer doesn't, but. <laughs> and let me, let me, let me just throw it out. Anyone else here watch Yellowstone or is it just me? I've seen some Yellowstone. I, I can't say I've been overly impressed, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you that you found something that, that makes you happy. I do like Kevin. My Cullen. wife watched it. I liked it. I thought it was good. And I, she has bad taste, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> Figures. I mean, she did marry you, so that that that. Was, uh, <laughs> That's what I tell everyone, man. I was like, you cannot trust this woman's decision making. Like that. That would make right sense. For... All right, maybe it was a little bit of a reach, but yes, Yellowstone is. Is something you gotta get I'm checking work- with your scouting department. It's something I'm working on uh, that, that I've just finished binging. All right, Mason. 
All right. Well, then uh, I get to get what should have been the number one overall pick, I think, uh, especially with the timing and the fact that there are new episodes that are going to be coming out here pretty soon. Uh, one of the best shows that's ever been written and will hopefully continue to be written, Futurama. Steal of the draft. Oh. Futurama still exists and is being written. It is going to re-exist again. Hulu has bought the rights. They went into negotiations with everybody. The last standout being John DiMaggio, who plays Bender, among a few other characters. They got him back on board. They are making new episodes with the entire original cast, with most of the original writing crew, which happens to be the most overeducated writing crew in, like, all of television writing history. There's something like 30-some-odd higher degrees, most of which come from Harvard, most of which are in higher sciences, like astrophysics and things like that, like genuinely one of the best written shows ever, and it's back again for the fourth time. Good pick, hmm. good pick. Really, really make it the Jensen Rig draft first overall look silly. I'm proud of you. I actually yeah. have not watched, like, I've only watched <laughs> Futurama peripherally. My dad and my younger brothers got really into it a little while back. I personally don't necessarily get it, or, you know, it's, it's just not my cup of tea, but to each their own, and, you know, I do think that's a solid pick. Uh, I'm glad that we have some depth. All right, Brad, you're up. I'm up. Okay, well, I'm going to I'm going to say right now. I'm sorry, I'm still. This is I, I don't I, I guess you guys weren't here. I'm still trying to mentally recover from like when we were waiting in the call. Eric just decided to like show me his tits. That was unreal. I'm just trying to like mentally Ooh. refresh. Um, ah, sorry. Well, now that you've terrorized watched, us mentally with that image. I, I I'm, I'm happy for it. A lot of TV lately, like. Not like I'm not actively watching it. If I was still actively watching, I hadn't just finished. I probably would pick Barry in this spot, which I think is great value. Uh, but I'm not going to pick Barry because I've not really been watching television. I've been watching old noir films, and the one that I I, I want to uh, uh, promote is this one from like the early '50s called Laura, and it's about oh my god, I love this movie so much. It's about this detective that falls in love with the dead woman that he's investigating the murder of. And it's like pretty high concept for like something back then. Cause like, I don't know, like now it's like twisted, like messed up movies, easy to find, but like back then, Oh man. And it's, it's very twisty and it's very good. And so that's my television show at this pick bit off board, bit off board. I'll admit that, but like Cole strange has had a pretty good career so far. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, right. that disagrees with you, but why <laughs> be? Do you want to pick something not as indie and off the beaten path? Uh, well, I, I have two picks lined up, so one of them will be a bit more conventional. I'll be in a bit of an awkward way, and the second one will be pretty much out of left field. So I'll go with the more conventional one first. And that when you say summer binge watching, like strangely enough, the summer the concept of summer binge watching is always somehow restricted to like television programs like that shows that run like several episodes and like a continuous story well Futurama notwithstanding Futurama is a bit of an omnibus so you can kind of see the individual episodes as it is but personally what like I thought I thought to myself if I'm going to watch something and this is also similar to me and Brad in that I don't watch a lot of television these days so if I want to binge watch something that's continuous then why not a movie series and of a movie series that wrapped up very recently so if I want to go back to like circa two and twenties 
I forget when the first one came out exactly, but why don't I just rewatch the whole the four films of the John Wick series? Like, oh, John Wick oh, one, shit. two, three, four. Oh. No, he placed us. What an oh, awesome man, pick. No, I mean that that started saying dumb theories. That's that's the pick of a draft. I mean, that's I, the pick of the draft. Yeah. I, when you, and when you think about it, when you when you know that the series has gone as far as it has now with the universe building and the stories of various people other than John Wick, and then you look back on John Wick one. And then kind of see how kind of a bit of a simple story it was, and then just kind of think of how it has changed because of the success of the first film. It's an, it like it, there's obviously the incredible action, Keanu's uh sometimes wooden esque acting kind of adds to the flavor of the flavor of the film series. Also, the world building that get takes place in John Wick one and two, I think is something that allows you to kind of expand your own kind of imagination. Mm-hmm. And write your own stories like limited as they may be so i think it was like when I'm, if i'm gonna binge watching probably if you binge watch a season of something it takes what like 10 12 hours something like that if you watch the four films it takes about that much as well maybe a little bit longer so i, I don't see why it shouldn't qualify there for summer binge watching no i i think that i, I think that counts oh I'll, I'll give you movie series I'll, I'll i'll give it i'll give it to you what's your off the beaten path pick here off the beaten path, I don't. I I say this a bit conditionally because I don't know if it has been localized for the American audience, like kind of like how other other uh, products of this kind of genre has have been in the U.S. But uh, because because of where I live and the kind of culture that I'm adjusted to, like the traditional series, like when you kind of walk through it, is I want I've watched a lot of anime in my time, and so. But this this is an anime that isn't. I think is a little less familiar to Western audiences. Like, obviously, you guys are familiar with Bleach, One Piece, Naruto, even if you haven't seen it, you've heard of them. But the one I'm going to recommend, and this isn't for everyone, is an is an anime called Gintama. It's a it's it's kind of an omnibus series where the all the characters have some sort of strange flaw to them. There's like some of them feel some of them kind of feel like they're uh, mentally deficient at times. Some of them act in ways that are inc- incomprehensible, which I experienced quite a bit on this podcast. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, but it's a, it's a it's a story about like uh, four four people, uh, three three people and a dog, who are basically like a task agency. Except it's a lot more comic and a lot more hijinks oriented. And then it, and then it takes place in a in a time when basically a nation when the country country in question Japan was undergoing a lot of transformation because of the uh, because that's when modern technology came in. So it's not for everyone. Like the brand of humors can be kind of correct, crass and uh, off the beaten path. But if you find it, enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. It just kind of sounds like the plot of Paw Patrol. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I've, watched a lot of Paw I've never watched Paw Patrol, to be perfectly honest. Younger so. siblings, I've watched a lot of Paw Patrol. But it does sound good. It does sound good. I'll be honest, YB, when you started talking about animes with, like, localization things going on, mm-hmm. I was hoping you were going to say Shin-Chan for a second there, because... <laughs> no, unfortunately, like, like there's a, there's a, there's a much more uh, unconventional one, but I don't think that will be good on this podcast, at least. There's quite a few very unconventional yeah, ones. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, right. I'm not really an anime guy, shocker, yeah. but um, but you know that that does sound like an interesting premise. All right, Brad, you're up. Okay, I'm up. Uh, mm. you know what? I, I here's what I'm gonna do for my pick. Okay, and this this is one of those picks where it's it's a bit it's a bit of a a high conceptual pick. Some of the some of the some of the analysts may be 
not not the biggest fan of it, but very recently, almost purely by accident, I watched the majority of uh, this documentary series on Netflix called Chimp Empire. And it's, oh. you know what? Listen, listen, listen. I, I feel like most nature documentaries kind of run this really cheesy gambit where it's like, look how cute this penguin is. And then you like watch all his friends get eaten by orcas and like they put like a sad music over it. And it's like, that's nature. I'm not a big fan of that. But Chimp Empire has this political dynasty subplot of betrayal and friendship. And I, I find it, it very charming. So with my, my pick, I am taking Chimp Empire. This is a new one on me, but I, I want to check this out. This, the premise sounds pretty, pretty damn cool, it's, to be perfectly honest. It's pretty dumb, but, like, they do it really well. And it's, like, I don't know how much of it is, like, like they're just, like, they have, like, clips of, like, apes, and they're just, like, and, and, and Logan plots for revenge. And it's, like, no, man, he might just be eating a banana. Like, I, it might not be that deep, but it is, it is a pretty fun show. So that's, that's my pick. Gotcha. Mason? So, you know, I didn't realize we were going to end up loading this thing with as much animation as uh, it seems like we're going to, but I'm going to go there again. And part of it's because I'm a parent, but another part of it's because I've actually sat down and I've watched this and you want to talk about something being hyper bingeable. Uh, think about 10 minute episodes. If you could just sit down and get a whole episode in 10 minutes, that's some pretty nice stuff right there. And it's extraordinarily well written. It's a lot of fun. And it's something if you have kids, you can watch with them and they'll enjoy it just as much as you do. It's a show called Bluey. Oh, Jesus. Uh, and if you've never seen no, it's genuinely a really, really good show. Uh, there is usually uh, two different plots. You're just saying that because you it. have children. Uh, if I turn on no, Bluey, I'm I will saying think it because it's terrible. No, no, you will genuinely enjoy it. The parents are, if so. If you can manage to find it, it's not easy to do because obviously if you're watching on Disney Plus, we're getting uh, the American cuts of it because they've cut out like some episodes, they've cut out some of the content. Uh, there are episodes where the parents are legitimately getting like drunk and heckling one another. And like there are these really adult plot lines that happen where you watch it and you're just like dying inside a little bit. <laughs> these adults have these very adult moments around the children. And uh, no, I've, I've sat and I've watched a solid hour plus of it after realizing my kid had left the room and just it's it's an absolutely excellent show it's super well written it's a lot of fun what's it on but i like it uh disney plus okay all right uh, Eric. and again 10 minutes you, you take 10 minutes and if you hate it you only lost 10 minutes of your life but it's genuinely a very fun and interesting show yeah all right. Uh, well, Brad mentioned it already. I have to take Barry here uh, because Barry just in general is an incredible show. Uh, I, I don't think necessarily I'd even classify Barry as a comedy, like what it ended up being like it's in 30 minute episodes and it's in comedy format. But for a show that basically the premise is around like being an actor it does have the best acting on television, period. Would you agree with that, Bradford? I feel like it is the best acted show in, like, in the zeitgeist right now. 
the character of Barry Bill Hader is an absolutely incredible actor. You know, Henry Winkler's character, Gene Cousineau, absolutely incredible as well as an actor and is someone who just gives a lot of emotion and depth to a certain kind of character. You've got great kind of side characters for comedic relief like like NoHo Hank, but even in the end, like he takes on a very tragic and serious role and fugues and things like that and it's just a very character driven heavy heavy show uh that i thought ended perfectly i don't know if if you agree barry uh, if you agree mason i would argue every single character won except barry and barry was the only character that really needed to lose in the whole thing um yeah, I I thought uh, I thought Barry was a super good show, and it, it has to be my pick. Good pick. Good. And then, um, you know, I I wanted to say Succession, but I'm having a hard time binging it just because of how awful the characters are. Not like bad acting or anything, but they're just like awful people. The show is just about awful people. Um, so As I'm not going gonna... to the Hitman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, there's I a qualitative difference though between how they're portrayed within the show because I understand where Eric's coming from. Because I like the show Shameless, I used to like that, but it got to a point where it's like everyone's too terrible of a person to keep enjoying this. Yeah, I mean, everybody in succession is a bad person, and like. there are some characters you slightly root for but it's it's kind of hard and i do think i'll get through it eventually but i don't think i'll get through it in time for football season so i can't take it so i gotta take something slightly new as well and i haven't this is a warning that i have not started the newest season yet but it was something that I did enjoy really binging because I've I've waited for it to get a few episodes in so I can binge it. I don't know if you, any of you are familiar with it, but The Righteous Gemstones. Oh my God, really funny TV show. Got It's got Adam Devine. It's got, uh, what's his face? Who's the main guy? Are any of you guys familiar with, with The Righteous Gemstones? It's an HBO joint. Uh, it is, I've, I've seen ads for it. Like they it is up on my TV. It is so, so, so good. The cast is just like star-studded. Danny McBride. Danny McBride's one of the main characters. Adam David. They got John Goodman. John Goodman is a main character in this. And he, he, I, I just love John Goodman. He's so, he's so, so funny. And even some of like the side characters as well. Like some of the people they got to play people in this you'd just be shocked with like how well known they are uh like they got walton goggins somehow and like he's like this goofy like in this really super goofy unwalton goggins role um i thought it was truly truly great and i'm excited for the new season so so i'll take that i do like how this mainly became comedy shows uh except yellowstone but yellowstone is ah it's just easy to watch just you can watch show show after show and i think it's eminently uh bingeable all right 
Mason, final pick here. Man. I'm just trying to think of what 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 would round this list out. What would it, what show would make? All right, it's been bouncing around in my head, and yeah, we're gonna go with another comedy. Um, and it absolutely excellent. It it's really funny through and through. Uh, it's been done for years, so you can actually sit down and watch the whole thing. Uh, Thirty Rock. I don't know if you guys watched oh, that, but yeah, I mean, Thirty Rock is Tina Fey. Tina Fey is not only a really excellent actress, but she is genuinely a really incredible comedic writer. Uh, I was toying around with going that or Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which she also wrote, and just like both of them have have like so many. Like really quality moments from even just like a writing standpoint, it, like the, just like un, unbelievable amount of talent from like one person to be able to do as much as she does. Yeah, I mean Alec Baldwin's character in that show. I mean, God, like it's one of my oh, favorite yeah. acting performances ever to be completely honest with you and I, I know alec baldwin has faced his share of public scrutiny over the past few years but god he is so good in that show and i love his character so much and i always will um all right I mean, tracy Brad, morgan was also quite excellent in it as tracy, tracy morgan. morgan tracy morgan is tracy morgan is fantastic there's so many you know Jack Donahue's mother. I mean, like just saw there, just really Pete. I mean, so many great, great characters in Thirty Rock. I do, I do enjoy uh, Thirty Rock, and it it is easy to binge. All right, Brad, you're up. Okay, I'm gonna pick a comfort food show for me. I'm just so when I said that I haven't been watching TV much, it's true. A little disingenuous. I've just over the past week settled into beginning a rewatch of my favorite comedy of all time and that is arrested development this is like probably round 10 for me it's been quite a while and it's one of those shows where they there's setups in season three that have the punchline in season one so the more you watch it the more you pick up on these and i want to be very clear when i mean rewatch arrested development i mean rewatch the first three seasons of arrested development I don't, I don't have the time for season four has its moments for sure. Season four is good. Season five, not, not really my, not really my thing. So I like the season four original version a lot better than the one that they like re chopped up and kind of like toyed with the pacing for no apparent reason. But like the first three seasons are genuine perfection, like just masterpiece. And like, it sucks that the show got destroyed before it's time, but like, for the best, because like even like where they ended there, such a satisfying ending for me. And you can just keep watching it again and again and again. A little similar to Succession where it's like, wow, these are just terrible people. Like everybody in this show is just like the worst person. But like, it's so funny. Like, got to go with that as my pick. You know, it's a classic, but it's a classic for a reason. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> always money in the banana stand. Until it gets burned down. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Take your pounds. All right, YB, close us out. One of the, one of the things that I was struggling with for this exercise that I normally aren't, I normally am not a really a binge mode watching person. So I wanted to see like I, the thought exercise in my head is basically what would I be comfortable with just sitting down and watching a whole bunch of, and doesn't have to be a, a TV show of sorts. Well, it doesn't have to be a storytelling TV show of sorts. So 
The final pick will be somewhat unconventional, but I think you might understand, and this is also very personal oriented because I've always I've always enjoyed uh, trivia game, trivia nights, trivial pursuit, answering quizzes. So, and also with the recent passing of its longtime host, well, not recent, but with the passing of its host, I'll say I'll say Jeopardy. Jeopardy oh. is like based on when I lived in when I lived in the states when I was a kid, uh, so before college, like. Jeopardy was one of those things when you come back from home and, you know, it's on in like five or six, something like that. And obviously as someone that was beginning to learn English at the time, like it's also a way to kind of come, come into um, contact with a lot of words that you normally wouldn't use. And I've always liked, I've always enjoyed watching, like doing quizzes and whatnot. And Alex Trebek was a, was an immaculate host. Like he was, he was, he led the show with a, with a very distinct sort of energy. And I can watch episodes of Jeopardy all, all the time and, answer questions like feel the carry sense of satisfaction that I got some of them right as opposed to the winners and so and because there's and there's a large large library of Jeopardy episodes so so one binge watch isn't going to get it done either so I like my Jeopardy for that great pick great pick fantastic I love I love my grandma core television like murder she wrote Jeopardy Columbo oh man those are the classics Columbo is solid. My dad still watches Columbo. <laughs> okay. Did you call them Grandma Core? Grandma Core, yeah. Okay. All right. Grandma Core. I just I needed to cl- I just needed to clarify that one point. That's all I needed. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yes. Beautiful. All right. Well, that was fun. Uh and it took half an hour, which is, you know, not not exactly what I wanted. So, do you guys still have time to actually do a football podcast? Sure, why not? Uh, um, I I don't want to keep especially Mason too late into the night here. Um, Mason looks like he's going through it right now. Yeah, kind of looks like I was thinking about this when you were just kind of like yeah, a moment where your eyes are just kind of glazed. You kind of look like you're doing like the mugshot pose. You know, where like the criminals just look like they've just been through the ring. Sure, you know, he, look, you he like looks like the he looks like the detective that just got finished like interrogating the criminals. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, good. Oh, that too. Yeah, no, he's been he's been through it. <laughs> Yeah. Obviously All right. still very sexy with the mustache, but like it's the kind where it's like you guys wouldn't believe what I've seen. Yeah, it's <laughs> like the kind of sexy where it's like you wouldn't let him around your kids kind of thing. You know, it's like a good it's Whoa, like, oh, hey. Oh, hey. Around hey. Children. hey. Okay. They all, and there's no, Bradford I'm, I'm going done. off. I'm done. No. And there's and there's Bradford totally like children's television as his into it. Into... He has children. Yeah. One, one. Okay, here we go. It's On June. The There's not a ton of news. When the big news of the day is Adam Schefter tweeting out in, I don't know if you guys saw this or not on Twitter, but Adam Schefter t- tweeted out breaking in all caps and then wrote immediately, the Patriots and wide receiver Devontae Parker <laughs> reached an agreement for a three-year new contract worth up to $33 million, which when you read into it, they literally just gave him some more incentives. So that's where we are in the, the NFL news calendar, is we're talking about Devontae Parker getting slightly more money as a huge story. But I wanted to just run through some stuff that we haven't really touched on uh, throughout and uh, we're gonna play lightning round here so you have 20 seconds to tell me what you what you think of all this stuff random june headlines we'll start with bradford dalvin cook still a free agent question mark question mark question mark 
sounds like a cowboy to me. Dalvin Cook's going to the Cowboys. Not not a free agent. I think he'll get signed right away here. Like this is one of those things where like I don't think he could be possibly holding out for like a better situation or more money. Like he's gonna get what he's gonna get, and I, I think that's gonna be with Dallas. So no, I don't think he'll still be a free agent. YB, the Tyreek Hill is facing legal action. Somehow, somehow I doubt that this will result in any sort of suspension. Like he slapped a dude in the back of the head and tried to board a boat. Like he tried to reenact Captain Phillips. So, and apparently, maybe he, one of the employees was pregnant, so he decided to like and he instinctively his hand shot out or whatever. But it's like he's gonna get like a, a letter from the commissioner, a fine, and then that'll be that. That's how Mason. the NFL handles this sort of thing. Mason, there appears to be some Stefan Diggs drama going on. <laughs> uh, top five diva wide receiver says diva things and does diva things. I mean, yeah, there is, but like, oh, he wants the ball more. Absolute shocker. He wants more say in the offense. Oh, okay. I mean, I, 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 does any of this surprise me? No. Would I like the Bills to just be freaking normal for one off season? Yeah, but we're not getting that. So here we are. Whee! <laughs> I did think it was very funny how Sean McDermott easily could have just made the whole storyline go away by just being like, yeah, we expect them to be here for training camp. But he said instead the words, and I quote, we are very concerned. I mean, why? You're an NFL head coach of like six years at this point. What are you doing? Like he's top five targets like almost every year for like the past few years. Like, what do you it, mean you want more? It was just an absolute... well, because if you look at the game by game stats, when he got less than thirteen targets, the Bills lost more frequently than not. He wants to be at that thirteen to fifteen target range on every game. We win more frequently when he does. Like, what are you going to complain about when you're playing with Josh Allen? Like, get over yourself, man. This is well, ridiculous. that's it, though. I mean, it's the same thing when the Seahawks came off of their Super Bowl with the Legion of Boom in the next year. Nobody believes in us. It's the same. It's, <laughs> it's the Bengals bang- bang- mentality. It's Bengals mentality. Like, they always got to come up with some ridiculous underdog narrative. It's like, you, like, oh, oh, you say this like the Chiefs don't. Like, they say Travis Kelsey says nobody believes in us. There it is. Like, Again, yeah. Like, pull up the takes. Pull up the takes. Everybody thought the Chiefs would completely fall apart without time. Oh my God, no, That's we're not. Doing this how, how did we just get to this? No, I mean, they didn't I, even get brought up. They were underdogs. They. Oh, they I, I, I will say this though: the Twitterati for both the Bengals and the Chiefs are cringeworthy as hell. So let's not bring that in. Pretty funny. Like, I think oh, don't funny. worry. Like, the Bills are. We're fucking awful. <laughs> The drama yeah. between like, but not I say drama with quotations, but like with like with like Chase and Kelsey, I just think it's funny. Like they're just goofing around, and then there's all these idiot fans on both sides. They're like, "That's what you get for disrespecting our quarterback." And it's like, guys, come on come now, on. No, it's, it's the off season. We need they need something to do. So I thought I mean. Mahomes' answer was really good. Like the "That's who" tweet that was funny. That that was a very good response. I'll, I'll admit that yeah, <laughs> that was like, that was pretty well done. I like. Him saying Pat who, that's funny. Like, it's it's dumb, but, like, that's the point. Like, it's a good joke. Like, why, why, why are we yeah. taking things so seriously? Watch uh, this. Like, three months later, we'll be taking every, everything like that seriously on this podcast. Very, very seriously, yes. 
very seriously. Uh, for me, final one, gambling suspensions better big time incoming. Uh, Schefter tweeted out this morning that there are like at least five or six year-long suspensions coming for NFL players who have been gambling. It feels like we are at a inflection point in the where we're at with gambling and NFL players. Um, I am shocked that they're gambling. I mean, I know it, it doesn't surprise me because the NFL is not like we're gambling league, but not if you're a player. Uh, it kind of shocks me that professional athletes would gamble, but as someone who also gambles, I can't be like, oh, well, it's bad that you're gambling. So I, I don't really know how to feel about it. I just feel like at some point before the season, I feel like we get a big Roger Goodell press conference and there are some more very clear guidelines put out in terms of not allowing players to gamble in games, which is good because it keeps, you know, the integrity of the game and everything happening. Did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Uh, Want to talk about Hopkins for a second? Like, where's he going? Yeah. Like, when you mentioned Devontae Parker and, like, the – hope amongst a lot of the Patriots fans that I know is that D hop will go there. But when you look at, when you think of the fact that their OC is Bill O'Brien, like the D-Hop, hop walks through that door, like he says, Hey coach Bill, how are you doing? And then he sees Bill O'Brien. So what, wait, what's that motherfucker doing here? And then get them, get, get the hell out of there. So that's my, that's my story on it. Yeah. Uh, is a little bit surprising that he hasn't signed. Somehow the Titans are like the front runners at this point, That that feels so like such a weird place for him to end up. The Titans are so weird as a team in general right now. But other than that, no, I didn't have much. All right, let's get into this. We're going to talk about the top five and bottom five teams in the NFL from a roster perspective. I have a bunch of questions to ask. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to go around. We'll all read off our list. Please keep your reactions to yourselves, you can make faces, whatever. But the first question is, whose ranking surprised you the most? Challenge it, if you like. So if there's something truly outlandish, we'll be able to get that out of the way first. And then I have four or five other questions that I think will help us dig into these lists just a little bit more. Uh, I've told you guys to come with the, the team, what you think their ceiling is, and what you think their floor is. And then uh, if we get really into it, we can uh, take a look at, I have some Vegas odds pulled up, and we can see what win totals look like for some of these these teams. So with that being said, uh, I'll start with, uh, from the top of my screen to the bottom here, I'll start with Bradford, and then we'll let Mason go, and then YB will go, and I'll, and I'll wrap up. So Bradford, just rattle off your top five, then your bottom five, leave off honorable mentions and stuff like that. There's a question about that at the very end. We'll talk about some teams that just missed for us, because for me, obviously the top five teams, there's more teams than just five. The bottom five were pretty easy. I didn't have any extra bottom fives, but I'll let you go first, Bradford. Just give us the teams for rankings and then the ceilings and the floors for each of those teams. Okay. Okay, well, I, the first pick is not going to be a shocker, you guys. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the best team in football, and they continue to be the best team in football. I would say the ceiling is the Super Bowl, and the floor is the AFC Championship game. Uh, no, sorry, regular, just regular season wins. 
Oh, undefeated ceiling. Uh, that's not going to happen. And I, I, I would say the floor is definitely like 10 wins for sure. Like, yeah, stuff can go wrong, but this is, a pretty, this is a cruise to a division title year. Don't even, don't even, don't even talk to me about it. Then we got the Eagles. Eagles, once again, like, this is a 13, 14 win team. Like, their conference is cheese. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the game. The defense is electric. They have probably the best weapons in the game. Uh, second, well, maybe the second best weapons in the game. Second only to the Bengals. Bengals at three. Great defense, great quarterback. Uh, great, great weapons. I'm starting to slowly come around on Zach Taylor. I still think he's a bit of an idiot, but he's slowly winning me over. Once again, like Bengals, like the the division is not a cakewalk, but this is a 12, 13 win team for sure. The floor, once again, probably like nine, 10 wins. Like it would, it would be pretty shocking if they fell off with like that core and that quarterback. Uh, But right behind them, creeping up on their tail, Baltimore Ravens. Ravens did a lot. I believe in the Lamar comeback season. Not as much as like Eric does, where he thinks like Lamar is like gonna have like the greatest season on the history of the earth. But like that's because he lives in this fantasy world where like Lamar can still overtake Mahomes and he, he can sleep at night again. This is so stupid. But I mean, this is a good, good Ravens team. Great coach, great quarterback, great weapons. Uh I I'm not as high on this Ravens defense as I have been on other Ravens defenses, but I think it's perfectly fine. Uh, and then uh, rounding out number five, I'm going to toss Mason a little bone here. It's got to be the Bills. I think that they're not quite in the same category as those other teams because the Bills have problems. And, like, the, the weapon setup, not great. Obviously, we've got Diggs throwing little temper tantrums. We already talked about that. But I think, obviously, having, like, a healthy Von Miller is really going to help. I mean, I think Josh Allen is going to have a better year this year. Like, he – it was kind of understated because, like, his statistics were still, like, unbelievable last year. But, like, he threw so many games. Like, just, like, threw them away for no reason at all. And, like, his shoulder was injured, right? So, I think that's going to be better. And, like, we'll see. We'll see. With, like, the defensive play calling switch, like, we'll we'll see how that goes for them. But, like, they've had some problems with that in the playoffs in the past. So, I think Bills have a pretty high ceiling. Bills... I think the Bills are probably going to rock like 11, 12 wins because that division's a bloodbath. I know I did pick the Jets to win that division, but I think for this exercise, I I, I just got to be a coward and go with the Bills. And the floor, I think they have a much lower floor than these other five teams just because like, okay, if Stephon Diggs is causing problems or like something else goes wrong, like the, the, the depth is just not there. So... I think there's probably like an eight, nine win floor because Josh Allen will drag you to wins. That's that's my top five. The bottom five, it's really hard for me to rank these in order because these teams just just kind of suck. I mean, the oh, worst by teams- the way, I, I, I just want to I just want to clarify one for these will be the worst. So one will be the worst. Five will be the best of the worst teams. Got it. OK, well, I'll start with uh, the worst team is the Cardinals. Like we don't need to be mysterious about this. That roster is is terrible. I don't think they have the only like real like brand name player left on that squad. Uh, I, I guess oh Kyler Murray, of course, but he's probably gone. He's like what Buda Baker? Like what are we doing? This is not a not a good team. Not a good team. I don't know. Hollywood Brown fantasy believers, but the only reason to watch this team. Uh, they suck. See, the thing is, I didn't rank my bottom five. I just kind of was like, no, that team sucks. This team sucks. Uh, I'm not not, not a big fan of what the Rams are doing, sticking in that division. 
I put them there for sure. I think the Bears are going to be slightly better. I mean, it's hard to be worse than like getting the first overall pick. But yeah, the, the Bears are on there for me. Uh, definitely give me the Texans and give me the Raiders and the Broncos. Like just, just, just bad franchises. That's not cool. five. That's so, six. That's six. Okay, well, I guess we'll take the Broncos out of there. Yeah, I mean, that, I didn't have the Broncos written down. The Broncos are going to be a little better this year. That's yeah, man, Jesus. Uh, okay, uh, YB, you're up. Okay, so for top teams, like. It's pretty similar. I mean, I think there's a bit of a consensus, at least. That I'm, I'm rating the Chiefs high, um, number one, because like they still have the triumvirate of Mahomes, Chelsea, and Reed. And until they actually show signs of falling off, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And also, they got a lot of contributions from a lot of young guys, a lot of rookies, and odds are they're going to get better. So guys like Karloftis, McDuffie, et cetera. So I'll have them win. Eagles, too, same deal. They, they kept their offensive line intact. They got a lot of defensive talent to offset some of the people that they left. And like guys like Nicobe Dean and whatnot, like you can see, you can watch them step up. Bengals three, like some homerism involved here, but they still have most of their core safeties notwithstanding. And unless Daxel and Nick Scott are complete busts, like that you can you can bet that this is probably this is the window where kind of the closing of this first window anyway like this is the last season i think they're in that window before a lot of money comes into comes into question so like but they'll i think they'll make a go for it this season number four i put 49ers like obviously this is contingent upon quarterback play and it's kind of hard to have beat it's kind of unreal that with uh with all the uncertainty at quarterback like that the niners are at four and even also with the departure of Demico ryan so i think was pretty key in how the defense was so all over the place and getting uh-huh. making plays but I think they have enough talent all across the board to make up for any sort of uncertainty at quarterback. And so, oh, and then five, five, I was, I was debating some, but I think it is still the bills because I think the bills were waylaid by a lot of different combinations of problems last year. No, not injury being a lot of them. Obviously you had the injury to Allen and to a lot of other key contributors. And also I think like Mason touched on this last time when we were talking that, there was a lot of mental mental fatigue that had happened over the course of the year due to circumstances, I don't think completely within the Bo's control. So, if with that in mind, and also with the return of Von Miller, I think they can be the, they can be the big power that they were meant to be. That they that a lot of the media said that they, that they could be. So for ceilings, I think with the Chiefs, obviously it's like for ceiling, I think it would be it's a 17 game season though. So I'll, I'll be saying 16 wins. Like I think they can go 16 and one. Like, I don't think they'll go perfect, but they can go 16 and 1. Like floor 11, 11 wins, I'd say 11. Like Eagles, the division's a lot tougher now because the Giants and the Cowboys like have made a lot of strides, and the Cowboys just missed the cut, bit of a spoiler. So I think the Eagles, they're about the ceiling 15, floor, oh, floor 10, floor 10. Bengals, because the, I think the division is. If it has a bit of a strange uh, voodoo where people, when you play intra division, like the team, the team decides to kind of go into a mud fest. So ceiling, I'd say fourteen, and floor nine. Niners, because two of the teams in that division are garbage. <laughs> so I'd say uh, ceiling fifteen, floor floor eleven, because of the weak division, and with the Bills, floor, ceiling. 14, floor 
Like, mm. But the AFC East has gotten a lot tougher, I think, in terms of like who they've added. Like, so that's my top five. Bottom five, like starting from the bottom, Cardinals. Like they don't like Kyler Murray's gonna Kyler Murray's still out. Like we don't know when he's gonna be back. No more DeAndre Hopkins, and there's just not a lot of talent across the board. Like it's hard. To, it's hard to see where the wins are gonna come from. Next, I had the Texans. Like, there's just way too many unknowns and way too many unproven people other than the offensive tackles. Like, Tunsil is a great offensive tackle, and uh, the other guy, Titus Bowser, just got an extension, so they see something in it. But other than that, there really isn't much. Like, this weight, there's everybody's unproven. Nico Collins, uh, John Mechie. Uh, they got Dalton Schultz, which I think will help CT Stroud, but still, they're, the only saving grace, I think, is that they have a, they have, they have a weak division of their own. And then... Third, surprisingly, I had the Raiders because the Raiders quarterback situation is weird in terms of Jimmy G's injury and everything. And also the defense is garbage other than Max Crosby. So and they play in a and they play in a team with two very high power teams and one possibly um, uh comeback team. Like that's obviously to be determined. Four four from the top, I had the Bears because there's fields, there's fields is still a question mark. In terms of like, and now he's got like a talent, so I think we'll get an answer to that question mark one one way or another. But still, there's way too many question marks to say that he was a franchise QB at this stage in his career. And also, there's still there isn't a, there isn't a great pass rush. The secondary is still average at best. Like they invested a lot in the linebacker position, but I'm not sure how much that's going to help their overall defensive structure. So that's the Bears. And this and on five, like I was debating a couple teams, but I think I'm landing on the Saints. Personally, I think this is a bit of a bit of a bit of a off the off the road pick here because, like the Saints, like I think this is the year when it all go when it all goes wrong for them. Like, but of course we say that every year about the Saints <laughs> regarding their cap management and whatnot. But I think the Saints because their two main weapons, well, not main, like Olave is good. Olave is a very good player, but Mike Thomas and Abu Kamara have a lot of questions. They're losing players left and right. Derek Carr. Like even if he is rejuvenated by a move, I don't think he's anything more than an average, average to above average quarterback. The pass rush is getting old, and the main contributor on that defense are getting old. Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, etc. They're losing players in free agency because of the cap management. And other than Marshawn Lattimore, they don't have anyone that's in the prime of their career on defense really got to make contributions. I think so. It's a bit of an unconventional pick because the Saints are always like in contention for that division because of how they operate. But I think it's the Saints. I pick the Saints as their last team. All right, Mason, you want to run us through who you got? So, I mean, it feels like, at least so far, we haven't obviously gotten you there, but we are in pretty heavy consensus on the top three. Yeah. Of uh, KC, Eagles, Bengals. That's a, a pretty easy. Go there. Uh, number four, I'll just, I'm going to be a bit of a homer and put the bills there anyway, just because, I mean, I, I think, honestly, there's so many teams that are really good to nearly elite that it's hard to, there's kind of like a cloud of them at this point that, that really could earn any of these spots pretty easily. So it's going <laughs> to be that and put there. And I think number five, again, despite some of the question marks that are there. I, I think the 49ers just have such a history of consistency. And again, they just kind of have it in front of them to, to kind of easily get the stack wins to, to be a really good team again. Um, So I'll just go through it quickly. Uh, Casey, I mean, 16, could they do 17? Sure. But I mean, that's a luck game. That's, 
everything has to break right. It's it's really not a, a skill based issue at that point. Um, and then again, if you have 16 wins, you're re- you're probably resting some of your starters that last game. So 17 is kind of unreasonable. I mean, a floor 11. I mean, it, it, they they really are probably going to dog walk that division yet again. So uh, Eagles kind of in the same boat. I mean, their division's harder, obviously, but I think their their ceiling. You could still see them pull off another 16 wins and just they, they kept all that talent. And again, the floor maybe 10. Uh, Bengals, maybe 14, 15, somewhere in that neighborhood. And again, down in like the 9, 10 range. Bills, kind of the same thing. They could get 14. I don't necessarily see that ceiling being as likely. But again, I don't think the floor of like 8 or 9 is all that likely either. But the division is absolutely so much better than it was. And then San Francisco, they could probably get, you know, 14 wins if everything breaks right and they take all the division games and stuff. But again, they could end up somewhere in like the 10 range too. Bottom five, I mean, Cardinals, (laughs) pretty obvious they're going to be at the bottom there. Uh, I agree. I think the Texans kind of come next there until they show that they've made more tangible improvements. I mean, last year they showed once or twice that they could be an actual football team. Let's see them string, you know, more than two games together that look that way. And I'll believe that a little bit more. Uh, Next up, I have uh, the Raiders. I just, I don't think they have the pieces there. And a a lot of what YB was talking about, just like really spot on with their situation. It's just... It looks really not good on paper, and unless they can do some some pretty either rearranging or just get a lot out of pieces that doesn't seem like they should be able to get that much out of, I don't know that their situation is going to be very good this year. Uh, then uh, I, I'm going to put the Rams. I think all of their, you know, pushing off and pushing off is kind of come and do this year to more so than it even did last year, and they're going to have a hard time keeping everyone happy and. I mean, Dalen Ramsey being gone is tough. I know he wasn't necessarily always exactly who they needed him to be last year, but I mean, you know, he's a key contributor to to what they had built there when they were trading away all their draft picks to try to just bring in talent after talent rather than trying to draft it themselves. Uh, and then last up, uh, I don't believe I heard anybody go with this one, so I will throw them in there. Uh, the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I know that Bryce Young could definitely like turn their fate around and make them into, you know, a good team because rookie quarterbacks have definitely done it a time or two. But I don't know until I really see it with them and they make those improvements. They had a really tough time last year on a lot of different fronts. And so, like they've made some improvements, but I I, I want to see it on a field rather than just kind of believe that it's going to happen. All right. I'll keep mine pretty quick, and then we can get into questions. Very much the same as everyone else, except, shocker, I don't have the Chiefs won. Um, I think both the Eagles and Bengals are better overall rosters. I think both the Eagles and Bengals have better offenses than the Chiefs do. I mean, they have way better offensive you weapons. Can't even say a- this with a straight AJ Brown. Yeah, like no. AJ Brown. No. AJ no. I held AJ, my tongue, Brad. AJ, no, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Face. Are no, say it with a straight face. 
Okay, no, AJ Brown. Take your face and, and stay with a straight face. This is a respectable program, all right? People listen to this for real football insight and analysis. No, and dude, I'm really? telling you. I would rather take Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith over Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs back. have two good offensive players. All right, this is not your time to talk, Bradford. Okay, number one, the voice of reason. Number one, number one, the Eagles ceiling fifteen wins, floor ten wins. Two, the Bengals ceiling fourteen wins, floor nine wins. Three, the Chiefs ceiling thirteen wins, floor ten wins. For this one, nobody brought up, but I I do feel very strongly with this one. The Dolphins, I I think they they do have a shot to be in this conversation. They have an unreal front seven with Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb up front. They bring in Vic Fangio. They now have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. When Tua was healthy last year, it was a top ten offense. There are reports that Dalvin Cook is actually going to sign with them. He is the most likely. Um, I think the Dolphins, I know that one's going to get the most pushback out of anyone here, but I truly do believe they are that good of a roster. I may take the Dolphins to win the division. I'm just trying to talk myself into believing Tua can stay healthy for a whole year. That's literally my only, only holdback with the Dolphins for me is the quarterback health situation. But if we're giving the Niners credit, I think we have to give the Dolphins credit. I believe Mike McDaniel is a top five NFL head coach. And I think that there is definitely a shot. Uh, the Niners, I have them with uh, at five ceiling of 12 wins, floor of seven wins. You never know with the quarterback stuff. Worst, I have a much different list from the rest of you, but that's honestly where I have the most disagreements is some of the teams you guys put in your bottom fives I just really disagree with. But obviously, I have the Cardinals at the worst. Uh, any team led by Baker Mayfield. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I cannot believe they didn't make any of your lists. I think this could go absolutely terribly for them. I think they have an awful head coach. Uh, I think they have an awful quarterback. And I think it could just go super south, super fast. Raiders, this is like, I'd just like to point this out. This is like probably the fourth year in a row the Raiders have just rolled out with a non-existent secondary in the AFC West. I'm not sure what their strategy is, but like every year they play nobody's at corner and it never really works out for them. So uh, that, that one is easy. Texans, I had... At four, I do like their ceiling. I have them with a ceiling of nine wins. I do think they could get there, but obviously everything's unproven. And then five, I have the Bears. You know, I, I haven't been super high on Justin Fields, but I do acknowledge they have a ceiling of about 10 wins. All right, so we'll start the questions here with, with Mason here. Who's ranking of all these teams that just came out, and it's, it's on the uh, – here I can actually I did keep track of these so I'll copy and paste these onto the show prep doc really quick if you guys want to take a look but who who out of these which team were you surprised the most with where they ended up Mason Mason we'll start with you uh I I think you called it there uh the the Dolphins making that list definitely surprised me um here we go thank you 
And uh, yeah, no, that that was definitely my number one surprise there was, was the Dolphins making your list there. I mean, I understand where you're coming from. They definitely did. But man, Tua is so, so questionable as far as being able to make it through even uh, really a five or six game stretch. And the reason that I don't want to give them the benefit of the doubt that the 49ers get is the 49ers still win with backup quarterbacks. So. I mean, the backup quarterback, they did upgrade. I oh, CJ Beathard was amazing, wasn't he? No, but they did upgrade. I mean, the backup quarter. Now you guys are going to laugh at me. Please don't. The backup quarterback is Mike White. Mike White in a good in a, we can fold him in thing. half like a table again, just on a different AFC East team. Mike, yeah, Mike White, you know, is is going to be, you know, in a good system. Mike White can be a perfectly fine. Like Mike White propaganda. It's 2023. It's 2023. We have to move on. It was it was it was a good two weeks. We have to let him go. He's not real. I really real. like what they did on thing. the offensive line as well. I mean, they brought in Isaiah Wynn for some some depth. I liked what Austin Jackson did toward the end of next year. If Teron Armstead stays healthy, they have a really solid left tackle. I, I'm really impressed with the defense, though. I just think you guys are sleeping on the defense. I thought in that Bills game, they really showed out as to what they could be. Jalen Phillips is an absolute beast and should be considered an elite edge rusher at this point in the game. Uh, I think that uh, Bradley Chubb He's going to have an offseason to acclimate. People forget how good he can be when he's at his best. I, I really do believe in that. They have Emmanuel Ogba up front, Raekwon Davis, who has been very, very good as well, as well as Christian Wilkinson. I mean, the secondary is great, guys. I mean, Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey as your cornerback duo, that is so, so, so good. And Javon Holland has been so good over the past few years at free safety with Vic Fangio, they're going to have a top five defense. And I think with, if Tua stays healthy, they're going to have a top 10 offense. And I think those things put together, give them a chance to be one of the five best teams in the NFL. And I think they have one of the five best rosters. I, I like the roster more, more than, more than I like the bills. Maybe it's just because I've got bills fatigue and maybe it's because the bills have, kept falling short in these big spots, but I really like what the, the Dolphins have to to offer. And I, I can understand the some complaints with my list, but I, I, I do, and I, I understand if you want to go against this here, but I, I really like the Dolphins going into this year. I think they're one mm. of my teams, and I think by the time we get to the end of this, I might pick them to be a player to win the division. I just I just think they're they're quite good. I just think that if you're trying to make an argument for a team being top five and the words Mike White come out of your mouth, you just got to do like a little like reevaluation. Do love Javon Holland though. Canadian boy, that's my guy. Don't know about that take though. I mean, for what it's worth, I did have Dolphins and one of the teams that just barely missed it. I think like Eric does have a point in that they have a very potent offense. Like, and like with if Dalvin Cook does sign it, they also add another explosive element there, which is obviously a point to be determined and the defense with the addition of Jalen Ramsey Xavier Howard wasn't as good as he was or wasn't as good as he was previously last year I think he got burnt a bit more than I think we're used to but playing along playing like opposite another talented if maybe somewhat overrated quarter in Jalen Ramsey might help him might help him out in that regard so I can see why Eric made the point like 
going top five is maybe a bit of a stretch, but I can see the logic behind it at least. Like from, in my case, like when the rankings like this, like I I don't know about the Ravens at four. Like, like the Ravens at four, with which Brad put like I understand the Ravens are kind of like the analyst darlings, like in the offseason a lot, like and so like with Lamar, like who hasn't finished a season for two straight years now, like Odell Beckham, like who knows what he'll be after a year off, after coming off a torn ACL, and. Like they have Andrews, obviously, but J.K. Dobbins is not is unhappy, and Andrews is good, but Say Flowers is an unknown at this point. Like, like if he can pop off as a rookie, that'd be great. Bateman is always hurt, and if they're gonna switch over to a more passing oriented offense, like I, I don't doubt that Lamar has the talent to make it happen because he does have an arm. Sometimes the arm goes a little too far, but uh, I think. Top five at this point in time, I think is a bit of a stretch also because the defense, like, well, okay, the defense got a lot better after Roquan Smith came. I'll give it, I'll give it that. But top five might be a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, my one of my big disagreements, I think, came from one of Brad's bottom teams. And I just want to hear what he has to say more on this. The Rams, like I, I, I understand that they gave up a lot, and I understand that they're probably not, you know, a Super Bowl contender or anything. But to call them one of the five worst teams in the league when you have Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby, and oh, not to mention the best defensive player in the entire fucking league on your team, like it's just that's crazy to me. It's and, and pardon my language, maybe that was not, like, maybe that was not necessary. But, like, I just don't think you can call a team with the the amount of high-end talent that the Rams have a bottom-five team. I can understand not calling them a playoff contender or or whatever, but they are definitely not one of the, the bottom-five teams in the league. Bottom-five teams in the league have no talent on their rosters and are comprised of first and yet second year players. This team has at least five to 10 veterans. And I think that's good enough to make them a team that can win between six games at worst and maybe even 10 or 11 at best. I just really disagree with having them low and, and especially calling them the second worst team in the league. I just, no, I just I, don't. I wasn't in order. Oh, That's, okay. I was just, I was just, I was just going. Like, I just wrote I, them down. All right. I, I guess I, I, I just don't understand it. I had a friend I sent a list to, and he, he put the Browns out as a team. I don't understand that either. Like, I, 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 re, I like the I Rams can understand as a it team because the Browns have a tendency to disappoint in the regular season after being hyped in the offseason. So yeah, I can understand I, that. I, I, I like. I, I don't know. What? Why are you so low on the Rams? I guess Bradford. Okay. Well. Sometimes I, uh, I am I'm I'm a good person. I'm very careful with character growth. Sometimes, sometimes you're a good person. Okay, sometimes, sure. Sometimes I'm a good person. I would I would say it's it's we we strike out a lot, but we hit some home runs. And sometimes a hypocrite is a man in the process of change. And after careful evaluation, the Rams will be bumped slightly out of my top five for the Buccaneers. I didn't even think about the Buccaneers, which is a testament to how bad the Buccaneers are. They, they didn't even cross my mind as an NFL team that existed. Very low on the Rams, though. Like, this just is not an experience that I – like, who's, the, who's, who's their second wide receiver? 
Dan Jefferson, I guess. Uh, see, and that's yeah. No, we're not. Too well. Who's their Who's their second best defensive player? Uh, Ernest Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's, it's it's so it's bad. Like this team sucks. It's bad. It's <laughs> like, bad. I, I I agree. The Bucks are worse. I I didn't even think of that. But the Rams, like. I don't know how how good you can be with literally three good players on your roster. Like, literally only three. It's tough. It's tough out there. That line doesn't look very promising to me. Stafford, like, he was injured last year, but he was just flat-out bad. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, the defense, I'm sure that, like, a bunch of bums and Aaron Donald is a, is a, a defense that exists. But, like, this team does not do it for me at all. Like, they're this bad. All right, YB, did you have anything as one, else? As, one, as the person that didn't have the Rams in the bottom five initially, like the only reason I didn't, and they did cross my mind, is that like Stafford and Cup, like that connection, like proven, they proven beyond any reasonable doubt that they are basically like kind of like a like you know how you know how like Brad always talks about Chiefs, like if you have Mahomes and Kelsey, it's gonna get done regardless of what else is around. Them. Like I think Stafford and Cup, they've because of that incredible season they had, they showed that they have the potential to do that. Like, and Cup isn't like an over the hill geezer; like, he's not even thirty. So, and so, and the fact that they have that connection, Sean McVay, who's who's a who's a brilliant mind, if possibly contemplating retirement, like, but he's a brilliant mind, and they have Aaron Donald, who is a one man defense in and of itself, like. That's the only reason I didn't have them in there in my bottom five, but they did come up. And I'm kind of surprised that maybe this is because it is also a team that often gets forgotten. But I, I'm curious as to what you guys think of the Titans because Titans just barely missed out on the worst five. Like, yeah. And, and obviously this is contingent upon whether they deal Tannehill and Derek Henry as the rumors go. And if they don't, then they'll have at least a basic modicum of an offense. But I don't know. Like the Titans, they fell off hard last year at the second second half of the season, and I think this is when I think this season's when like everything will hit them hardest. Yeah, I I totally agree. Why be the Titans were a team I thought about a lot, but then I looked at the defense, and, and the defense still has a lot of good players on it. Harold Landry and Jeffrey Simmons are very good defensive players, and they've got a pretty okay secondary that's really their biggest weakness is health plus coaching did play into it for me i mean i i just refuse to believe that even if they did deal Tannehill and it was just will levis and traylon burks and and derrick henry i do think very team that's still gonna win between like to me even if they really stripped it down and dealt Tannehill and Henry, like, I'd be shocked if they won less than five games. I'd be shocked if they won less than five games. I I, I think that somewhere between five to nine wins is what I would expect them to be at. Uh, I have one more, and then we can move on to another question and kind of wrap up here. I'm curious, Mason. What what has you so low on the Saints? Because I I understand what you're saying about the, who had the Saints in their bottom. Five. Me was it not you? Why why be why be? What has you so low on the Saints? Because I I understand your argument with the offense. Alvin Kamara could be suspended. Michael Thomas is a big question mark. 
at this point in his career. I like Juwan Johnson personally. I thought he played really well towards the end of last year and was a really promising player. I also like some of the rookies they brought in. I like the fact they brought in Jamal Williams. So I'm not super worried about the offense, but I just don't know how you can look at the defense and think it's it's about five. I mean, they've still got Cameron Jordan up front, Demario Davis, you know, Paulson Adebo played pretty well last year, Tyron Matthew, Marcus May in the secondary, and Marshawn Lattimore is still a very, very good cornerback, but it's not really a liability. Like, I, I don't know. They, the coaching, sure, but the Saints, I, I just view them as a very mid-team. I just... I don't, I don't, I know you have them at the very end of your list, but I, I guess what makes you so low on them? Because I'm, I'm honestly a little bit higher on them. I think they could win the division pretty easily this year. I mean, that speaks to their division more than anything else. But I think the reason I'm kind of low on the Saints is that they've treaded water with this combination for like several years, like, and Obviously, maybe perhaps they have a quarterback upgrade because, like, regardless of what you think about Derek Carr, he is better than Andy Dalton. Like, as much as it pains for me to say that as a Bengals fan, <laughs> but uh, but I think like the core of their contributors on defense specifically are all plus thirty, like well over thirty. The Cam- Cameron Jordan showed signs of slowing down quite a bit last year. This last year was his worst year. Demario Davis is still a very good player, but. He's also like 33, 34. Tyron Matthew is not the is not the honey badger that he used to be. He's an older honey badger. And Marshawn Lattimore is a very good corner in the prime in his prime, but also Debo, I think, is an average corner, like based on what I've seen. He's he's and he's also an inconsistent corner as well, to be perfectly honest with you. And they've lost contributors, Marcus Davenport, like Peyton El- Caden Ellis, like those guys all left. So and it's hard to kind of see. Also, and go back to the other side, it's hard to see where the points are going to come from if you, if you can just basically mark Olave after Michael Thomas is headed to the infirmary after two games. Like, who else is going to, who else is going to catch it? Like, Jawan Johnson, he, sure, he made some progress in the end of the season, but that, like, extrapolating that into he'll be a very good tight end leads me to, like, that's, I think that's the same principle as the people who are high on Chicken Quanco on the Titans. Like, that's, it's not enough to kind of extrapolate all the way over to the progress. And, well, I will say it's not the sexiest wide receiving core, but they do have guys that have produced at the NFL level in their depth chart. I mean, Brian Edwards made catches and was a contributor on the Raiders when he played. Traquan Smith has shown that he can make plays and be a contributor in an NFL offense. They bring in James Washington, who has always had high upside, and when he gets targets, does catch football and can produce I, Rashid Shahid is an interesting player I I don't is it a sexy wide receiver core no but it's it certainly got talent but I don't think that I don't think they have the coaching to use that talent very well if Sean Payton were there that'd be another issue like because a player like Rashid Shahid who has shown flashes like I think Sean Payton could have gotten the most out of him but Sean Payton ain't there anymore and Traquan Smith, Traquan Smith is one of the most infuriating wide receivers I've ever seen on the field because, like, sure, he can make the highlights, but – and then he disappears for three quarters. Like, it's like an inferior version of Gabe Davis. Yeah, so, but is that the roster or is, there, or is that coaching? It's both because, like, 
the roster is the roster is like they've been bleeding out talent because of the restructures they've done. Like the like Saints fans will always argue that they've lost nobody of consequence, but they've lost guys like Marcus Williams. They've lost guys like uh, who else am I forgetting here? Like there's several people that have lost over the years, and this year they lost a few more, mostly the guys that were in their 20s as opposed to the guys in their 30s. And so, um, and the reason I put the Saints, this is a bit of a projection here, is that. The, cur- the cliff is going to hit them hard in terms of when the guys fall off that are in their 30s. Like that's my that's my presumption, and I think people will disagree with that because the Saints also have a track record of at least being competitive in virtually every year, maybe sometimes by design. But I think this is the year when the bottom falls off. Okay. Well, this is going on pretty long, so I, I think we can wrap up here. But I am curious. Uh, because I know all of us made lists independently. Who were some teams uh, from the top, at least, that just kind of uh, missed your your lists? Uh, Why don't you start, Bradford? Missed one of my lists, just barely. I mean, the Jets. The Jets. Like, I feel like I've been very – I've been kind of – parading the, the, the Jets uh, all offseason here. And, like, I believe in the Aaron Rodgers experience. I believe in this Jets roster. I believe in the coach. I believe in the defense. I almost put them over the Bills. But, like, the difference is I'm not a hot take artist. And I don't come up with these takes just to rile up the guests, you know. And I hold Mason in high regard. So I wouldn't I wouldn't jerk around with his emotions like that, you know. So the Jets didn't make, make my list. Like, I, I'm not – not having the Dolphins on the outskirts either. I'm not, I'm not, a, I, I don't feel great about the Dolphins. Like, I know, like, they got all this momentum going on. To... <sighs> Look at the Jets, though. Look at the Jets. All about the Jets. They just miss, as far as bad teams go, I would say, well, the Rams just, just missed my, my five. Uh, I'm also, like, very, very, very low on um, the Titans. Like, they were just like, but I didn't want to have, like, three teams from like one division there so the titans for sure like that that, that's all about to crumble down on top of them right yeah um for me i I, the seahawks i was very very tempted to put the seahawks ahead of the 49ers as the five seed they have an incredible offense going into this year they really do i mean Kenneth Walker, a great offensive line with two awesome tackles on rookie contracts. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, you add Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, if you look at that, I would argue that's maybe up where up there with the Eagles as the best offense in the entirety of the NFC. There are some questions on defense, but they draft Devon Witherspoon. They add another corner, you know. It's still young. They still need to figure out what they're doing at pass rusher. But I, I, I really like the Seahawks roster a lot, and I'm very high on them. I think, to me, they should be a favorite to maybe come out of the NFC at this point. I, I, I would consider them – I would consider the top of the NFC to be the Eagles, the 49ers, and the Seahawks, and maybe the Cowboys on the outside of that. The Cowboys were on my list, but they didn't – quite get in because you just don't know what 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 Dak is and then they did just from a purely on paper standpoint I could never put them in the top five because of what they did recently and the fact that they are 
who they are and they are the franchise that they are. But the Chargers do have to be thought of in the conversation. I would make the argument. They they mm-hmm. they have a very talented roster, but I don't know. I'm hopeful. Kellen Moore has if you look at Dak's numbers over the past few years, Kellen Moore gave Dak Prescott some of the best years of his career. I'm hoping he can do the same for Justin Herbert. But yeah, uh, those were some of the teams that uh, that didn't quite make the list uh, for me. Mason? Uh, so top of the list, uh, I had the Jets kind of just on the outside there. I'm not 100% how the Rodgers experience is going to go, but I mean, if it goes even mildly well, the rest of the roster is freaking loaded, so they should be able to do pretty darn well for themselves. Uh, bottom, uh, since we're all piling on them anyway, the Titans I also had just on the outskirts of making the bottom five there because it just feels like, yeah, it's a dumpster fire waiting to happen. Hmm. Interesting. YB? I mean, yeah, you touched on it earlier, but like outside of the list, like I, had, I did have the Seahawks, I did have the Dolphins, also had the Cowboys, like, because the Cowboys last year, like like the, their annual playoff meltdown notwithstanding, like Tyler Smith turned out to be a very good pick. He was a very serviceable left tackle. And their defense, like they continuously find contributors on defense, like in the back end. And they have, some might say is the best, like one of the best, one of, if not the best defensive player currently in Micah Parsons. Like that's all for debate, but some people will argue that. And Dak, regardless of what you think of his playoff feelings, he's a very he's a good quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. So they have and they added Brandon Cooks, who, even though he tweets cryptically, like he's produced whenever he's wherever he's gone with a decent quarterback anyway. So they have somebody to the to go opposite CD Lamb. And so I think the Cowboys definitely should be like on like right near the top. Like some might argue they should be in the top five because of their roster space. Like there's the bottom thing I think they've all been covered. Like I was the one obviously that brought up the Titans in the question. Like the Bucks, like the Bucks situation is kind of weird because so much of the gravity of that team was around Tom Brady. So like, obviously Baker Mayfield is a huge step down from Tom Brady, but we've seen that Baker Mayfield can actually lead a more a more forsaken team than the Bucks to the playoffs when he's surrounded by good talent. And regardless of what you may think, they still have good talent on the offense, more or less. Evans, Godwin, uh, Evans, Godwin, and then they have Wirfs and Ryan Jensen on the offensive line. So, like, I don't think Baker Mayfield will have his career renaissance there, but I don't think they'll be the worst, one of the worst five teams either. I think that's fair. I just think I really am way lower on Baker Mayfield than you are. Um, I, I don't. I don't believe it in the best situation he can do it. I've I've seen too much. I used to be a Baker guy. No no more. I'm not getting sucked in this year. All right, guys. Well, that was fun. That was not two hours. So that, you know, uh, accomplished that portion of it. Um, with that, I want you guys to relax. Have a nice... 4th of July weekend and then um, yeah I think YB I think we're going to record our first um, division preview maybe on like a Thursday or Friday so I, I'm not sure how how timing will work 
for that, but we'll move to Wednesdays once we get past July 4th week because July 4th week is unfortunately, well, July 4th falls on Tuesday, but I have to work next Wednesday night. Um, but yeah, we're going to start with the NFC North. So uh, that is, so just start looking at NFC North rosters, start we're going to kind of go this year team by team. I'm going to come up with questions for each team and we'll, we'll talk about each team in depth and yeah, that will do it. And we'll, we'll get into preview season. Thank you all so much for joining me. I, I appreciate all of you. Uh, Mason, thank you for, for battling through. I know you're, you were working with some, some headache issues. It was a tremendous performance by you. So Thank you very much for giving us some of your time. I appreciate it. NYB, of course, as always. Thanks for playing hooky. Appreciate you. Uh, Bradford, we'll see you next time. And uh, don't get killed on a segue. With that, we will see you all next week for the start of Division Previews. Let's get into this. Let's... Let's have football season. The off season, it's over, guys. We're back. Until next time, peace out.